ladies, and welcome to the High Capacity Woman Show. And this morning, I am so excited. I'm your host, Barbara Littles, and I have a phenomenal woman today that we are going to speak to. We are going to travel all the way to Detroit, Michigan. And we just happen to be there today because usually she's traveling around the world. But because we're in COVID, we happen to be able to catch her at home in Michigan. So I just want to welcome Apostle Tanya Roberson to the High Capacity Podcast today. And so when we come back, you're going to hear about this international trainer. She's a preacher of the gospel, a lover of people. She's been preaching the gospel 30 years. She's founder and CEO of Tanya Roberson Ministries and Exchange LLC, where she actually helped Fortune 500 companies bring transformational leadership into their teams. Apostle is an overseer of Fresh Wind Gatherings, which is another transformational life experience. You don't want to miss one of her Fresh Winds. So we're going to talk to her as we come back. She recently has a new show that is absolutely phenomenal. It's on Finding Your Focus, and it's called life on purpose so when we come back we are going to hear from her and i guarantee you you do not want to miss this get your coffee your latte and your tea sit back ladies as we get to talk to apostle tanya roberson she leads she's powerful she's strong unforgettable she knows what she's about and she's building from the inside out and she's a high capacity Welcome to the High Capacity Woman Show with your host, Barbara M. Littles. Good morning, Apostle. How are you? Oh, I am doing amazingly well. I just absolutely love you, Dr. Barbara Little. Nobody like you. Thank you so much for having me on the show today. Well, listen, you know, I could not do a podcast or any show without having you. You bring so much wisdom you just bring it. You bring it. Wherever you go, you bring it. And so, ladies, I want you to know this morning that, you know, I purpose in my heart, Apostle, in this season, especially in this first season of the show, that I was going to bring the very best to these ladies because I wanted them to be encouraged. I want them to know that if you're in business, if you're in ministry, that no matter where you are, if you're in your career and you're building your career, how to build it and to hear from women who have built it and who are still building and now are in a different place of reaching out. So apostle, and I call her apostle because she is an apostle. She is a planter of ministry. She's a planter of business. Most of all, she's a planter of people and a lover of God's people. Uh, Apostle Roberson. Listen, you're going to have to call me Tanya. (laughs) I have to call her Tanya. Okay. But I want you all to know that she's apostle. Okay. I'm going to call her Tanya today. She's going to call me Barbara. Okay. Because that's what we do. You and ladies on some of our conversations. This is the person that is my go-to person. And we're going to talk about how we got here because I think it's important in terms of relationships, but she's my go-to person in the difficult, the complex things, the things that I don't talk to other people about. So I wanted you to meet her this morning because she is all of that and more than a bag of chips. (laughs) Tanya, tell us about you. Tell us who you are 
and tell us a little bit about your journey. I'm just a little old gal from the Detroit area, born and raised here, grew up here, and uh, all of my family roots are here, and I'm still here. I'm a simple kind of person, try to find my way in life, try to find my way to please God. I'm a lover of God. I love Jesus with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And every day I'm trying to become better at that, you know, want to live that life that brings him glory and brings him honor the things that we do. Throughout my journey, I'm, my mom and dad are still with me. So I love that. They're bonus years for me. I call every day right now in my life is a bonus day and I'm enjoying every part of that. I've been doing ministry for a number of years and I have my own business, done that as well. It's so funny. I don't even want to say the years anymore because it's starting to date me. You know, I know, Tanya, I know. I feel the same way. After. I'm not going to say 30 years now. <laughs> hold it at 30, especially since it's keep moving up a little higher. A little right, higher. That's right. I'm going to just hold it at 30 plus, plus and let y'all fill in the rest. But it's just good to be here. I'm married. I've been married for 30 years as well. And, and my husband, we're here in the Detroit area. So that's a little bit. And I'm sure you're going to ask me a ton of questions, Barbara, that's going to make me talk about. But listen, ladies, that those of you who are listening, the one thing, and I told Barbara this, the one thing I don't like doing is talking about myself. So she's going to pull it all out of me. But I'm just so happy to be here. Uh, with all of you who are listening with us today. And, and we do hope that the things that we share with you will bless you and inspire you. Well, Tanya did tell me that, like I didn't already know that. She said, you know, I really don't like talking about myself. I said, well, we're going to talk about more than yourself today, Tanya, but we have to talk about you. And let me tell you why, ladies, because it's great to learn, but it's important who you learn it from. So you have to know who you're learning from. And today we have a master. We really do. A master... And she wouldn't tell you that because she's very humble. Tanya, you've traveled the world. Tell us how you got interested in traveling. Was it just a part of your calling? How did that happen? And what do you do as you travel the world? I would absolutely say that it has to be part of my calling. You know, long before I really understood the nations and just the way the world is mapped out and how things function, God put something in my spirit when I felt like he was calling me into ministry and he took me, you know, Jeremiah chapter one, Jeremiah chapter one is my, what I call call to ministry chapter, young in faith, reading the word of God. But on this particular day of fellowship with the father, the Bible itself opened up to Jeremiah chapter one. And when I looked at it, it was like the words on the page literally lifted up off the page. And it says, I have called you to the nations. And I'm like, huh, what does that mean? You know, so you don't know what it means. You just, you're reading this for the first time. You're seeing it and you're saying, okay, that's just different. I'm from Detroit. <laughs> so, so nations, you know, I know Detroit, you know, as a kid, we just took family reunion trips. You know how that goes. You go, absolutely. States here and there down in the South and back home. That was the route that you took. So nations was not something that I can say. I grew up saying, I really want to go into the nations. I want to do something in the nation. I read it in the word of God. That word came alive in me. And then from that moment on, God began to put me on a course where I began to not only travel our nation, but then down the line, he began to open up other nations. And in so doing, not only was I preaching the gospel, kind of started out just preaching the gospel, sharing the gospel. And then God turned it around through my business I started going into nations, doing leadership development and training and doing master training with other regions of the world. And I said, God, how did you cause these two parallel worlds to work together? So I've been in some regions 
doing the gospel. Then I turned many years later, turned back around, came back to those regions doing leadership training. And now I'm simultaneously in both uh, consistently. This is one of the reasons that I knew I wanted to have you on the podcast. Because one of the questions that I get a lot is about this duality that is this one person who teaches the gospel. And I say we are epistles who are read by men. So even if we're going in to do leadership training, our being there, our presence is the gospel. But so many people ask me this, you know, Barbara, I'm in ministry. I believe that God has called me to business or to leadership or to teach, but I don't know how those two, how I'm going to bring those two into alignment. Tell us how you did that. Now, it sounded like it was definitely it was a God thing with you. Yeah. But did you ever have to think about how these two were coming into alignment? Um, I probably, in hindsight, would look at how it aligned. But in foresight, at the time when I was doing it, let me tell you what I tried to do. I'll tell you this quick story because it's a fun story. So, so this is young. I'm, I'm much earlier in my 20s. And my whole passion is ministry, ministry, ministry. I want to share the gospel. I want people to come to know Jesus. I want to be a light to the world. But, you know, you have to eat, you know, so you got to have a job. So, 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 uh, so I'm working these temporary jobs so that I can stay free to do missions and travel the world and do outreaches and just touch people's lives. And uh, so this, this guy is like, the managers in the company is like, you're really good at what you do. We really want to hire you. And, and I'm saying to him, I don't want a job. Not, <laughs> not a job. I, I, this takes care of rent. This keeps food on the table. And this is what I want to do over here. I really want to just give my life to serving the Lord. And so he said, no, no, you, you're good. You're really good. We want to have you come on staff and just apply for the job. And I'm like, I don't want to apply for the job. Uh, and so they kept they kept pursuing me and pursuing me. They said, just apply. So I'm praying about it. And I'm saying, God, should I apply for this job? Should I not apply for the job? So I apply for the job. It's an administrative, it's a secretary job. So I go ahead and apply for the job. I go to the interview with the intention on failing the interview. I, Barbara, I did. I went, I said, okay, this guy, I'm going to do it because he's been so nice to me. I got a job. He's hired me as a temp, but I am not interested in working for this company. So I, I go on the interview and I say to him, you know, we're interviewing and he says at the end, he asked that final question, do you have any questions? And I said, yeah. I said, I need to have five weeks off. And is this the type of job that would give me five weeks off? <laughs> this is, this is, I know that this is a sure way that you think, I know I'm not getting this job now because he's looking at me talking about five weeks off. So we want to hear, ladies, don't we want to hear what happened? So anyway, so make the long story short, I really want to get to the, the crux of this. So that's my, I really feel like five weeks off, this guy's not going to hire me. So he says, well, you know, let me think about that. So we end the interview. And then the next day I get a phone call saying, we want to offer you the job. I'm like, well, that didn't work, God. Why, why? And I tried to not get the job. So in the interview, he asked me, he said, why do you want the five weeks off? I said, I want the five weeks off because I'm a Christian. And I do missions work and evangelistic work. And I need to have five weeks off in the year to do my service for ministry. Wow. And so the next day when I finally came in, they got paperwork, went in the office. He brought me in the office. The first thing he said, he said, do you want to know why I hired you? And I said, I really do. And he said, remember when you 
you ask for five weeks off? And I said, yes. He said, I hired you because anybody who would be willing to give up five weeks of their life for someone else, it's the kind of person I want to work for me. Wow. So that would be the beginning of when I talk about how does it work together? You got to know yourself. You got to know what you stand for. You have to know your values. You have to know who you are as a believer. And you have to keep that in the forefront of everything that you do. And I was trying to sabotage it. But in being my witness, it didn't work. It backfired on me. And that was the beginning of a relationship with an organization that eventually launched my consulting business. Wow. So a lot of times, ladies, we don't know. We don't know the path that God necessarily has us on. And and all of our paths are unique because that's a very unique path. I mean, usually most people walk in, you tell somebody you want five weeks off, they're like, okay, you need to go find another job somewhere. But being true to who you, you are and to what you felt called to do this person, God actually called, I believe it's a God thing. He called this person to be in alignment with that and said, this is the type of person that I want in my company. But to say that it launched your consulting career, tell us how your consulting business, how did that happen? All right. So I'll travel a little bit further. I've been working for the company for about maybe five or six years at this time. I had taken on a couple of different roles within the organization I was still working on my undergraduate degree. You know, I I was doing the 10 year trek of paying for school myself and taking myself through school because I was the first one in my family who had gone off to college for the first time. Uh, But we just didn't have the money. I I came from very modest means. We were very well taken care of. We were loved, loved, but there was not a lot of extra money to fund, um, you know, school. So if you wanted it, you had to go out there and get it. So it took faith and to believe God and say, okay, God, I'm going to walk through this. So I'm here at the company and I'm just about finishing up, uh, getting ready to go uh, into a new role as a trainer. You know, that's the story of becoming a trainer. A new role as a trainer. I took one year, I reduced my hours, took one year to finish out my undergrad so I could get this great promotion so I could be a corporate trainer. So So I do this, but simultaneously, I keep saying this in the backdrop, I'm serving in my church. I'm serving, you know, serving God, still winning the law, still doing things in ministry. And here I am in the workplace finishing up my dream. My vision was to get my undergrad degree, get my brand new promotion, become a corporate trainer, get a corporate credit card and begin to travel teaching leadership. My dream had be, it was right in my front door. It was coming the past. We were just all the paperwork was signed. We were just waiting for me to finish school. The promotion was there. I had like a 12%, 15% raise. All of it was there. So finally, huh, you know, glory to God, I had used my faith to arrive at where I wanted to go. And then my, my pastor at the time, my bishop, I guess he had been watching my life simultaneously too. And so he decides to ask me about my calling. He said, well, what are you called to do? I said, well, I'm just called to minister the gospel and I'm called to serve God's people. And But that's what I was doing. I wasn't doing that as a vocation. I was doing that as a believer. So he's tracking me down and talking to me about this. And, and I'm like, okay. He says, well, come and see me. And I'm like, okay. And I wouldn't go see him because I, <laughs> I didn't know what that meant. And so finally he caught me one day and he said, I want you to come on staff. And I'm saying to myself, 
I can't go on staff. I'm just about ready to fulfill my dream. Here's my dream job. Everything is in position and ready for me to run. So now I'm caught between two decisions. Do I say no to the calling that I know God has on my life to take it to its next level? There's a progression. There's an upgrade. There's something God is asking more of me in this calling. So calling is not at our own choice. It's at the choice of God. And he begins to, or do I say yes to the place of my faith that I have been believing God, that God had brought me to, to take me to the next level professionally? And so it became a struggle for me. And I call it my Isaac moment. It was the moment I had to decide would I let go of this thing I was believing for and put it on the altar of God and give it back to him? Mm. What God was going to do. So it became the yes with tears in my eyes that God, I will say yes to coming into ministry as a vocation and I will give up what I had been believing you for to finish my degree, to start off at the company, to be a corporate trainer, I'll let it go. And I wrestled with that. That wasn't an easy day conversation. I went over that conversation with the Lord several times before I let go. I sought counsel. I asked my parents and I asked my husband and I'm like, I don't want to do this. But I, I couldn't let go of the tug in my heart when I said yes to God that I would fulfill his call on my life. This is, Tanya, this is so essential, this conversation, because these are conversations that we don't get privy. We don't have privy to. Uh, we, we see people operating, you know, as Apostle Roberson. We see you operating now, you know, as this consultant to Fortune 500 companies. We don't understand a lot of times that journey. And, and, and part of this, I wanted women to be able to have an inside seat and conversation on, to, on this to this conversation and to this journey because Tanya, I remember um, there's there are quite a few people that I know where there was a crossroads and you and they had to choose and what do you do when there's a dream that you've been pursuing you know it's the reason I went to school is the reason I have this idea of um, I'm going to do this and all of a sudden God says no <laughs> I want you to do this yeah. And I think, you know, that's where you come back in your life to, is it really your life? See, see, we're talking to believers or Christians or people who understand faith. And for me, that's my journey. My journey is a very faith journey. So when I'm, I'm at this really crucial crossroad, I've got to decide whether or not I'm going to obey the voice of God or if I'm going to obey my own desires. Because remember, it, it took faith to try to finish school. So God provided a way for me to finish school. My boss was in alignment. They gave me the time off. All of the things were in alignment. They were totally supportive. Now here I have to now go back to my boss and tell my boss, all of what you just allowed me to do over this year, I have to decline at this point. So now my reputation is at stake. Now I'm like the company has, you know, provided and given liberty for me to do this. And now I'm coming back and saying, God has told me that I need to quit this job and follow this path. And my boss, I know I got to have this conversation with my boss. And this is all within like a two or three week window. This is going on. I'm graduating. The paperwork is signed. 
and and my bishop's pursuing me to come on staff. And so all of this is going on. So I am in total chaos in my inner man saying, God, how do I hear? Quiet down my emotions so I can hear. So anyway, so I finally say yes to the Lord. I go into my boss and I say, listen, um, I have to turn in a two week resignation today. And I'm crying, telling her and she's looking at me like, have you absolutely lost your mind? You know what we've done? for you and all of it's still a step of faith you know it's like they could cut me off they could they could say choice words they could do all kinds of things and um, the one thing and, and she was not a believer she probably was more of an esnastic you know she she said i don't understand faith she said i don't understand what you're saying she said but one thing i do understand is that you are who you say you are wow L- listen this is so critical he said, you are who you say. Yeah, I've watched your life. I watch you. I watch what you do. I don't understand what you're doing, but I know that you wouldn't do this if you did not feel that strong about it. And so that was our conversation, you know, so that was like a really pause point in my tears. And she said, you won't reconsider. I said, I can't. I said, she said, well, well what does it mean? I said, I don't know. I just know this is what he's asked me to do. And I've got to take this turn at this time. And I, I appreciate everything you've done for me. Thank you. But I have to make this turn. So we sat there looking at each other like, and I'm like, I know I look crazy. <laughs> you know. And then she says to me this, she says, well, is there a possibility that you can continue the programs that you're currently running and still do your new job and become our consultant and let's retool you and pay you as a consultant. And you think that would work for you? Because we don't want to lose you. Wow. This is awesome. Let me let me say this. This this is just so awesome. When we are people of faith and we do what God has called us to do, he says he'll give us the desires of our heart. That's when we're in alignment with him. So you align with him and he brings you into that place where if you trust me and have faith and know that I'm going to get you where you're supposed to be. Okay? Even if you don't see it, you don't understand it. To walk into a woman's office who is not a person of faith, who clearly says, I don't I don't understand it. I'm telling you I don't understand it, but this is what I know about you and this is what I see in you. I see an authenticity in you and I understand that you would not be doing this thing that I don't understand unless it was truly authentic to who you are. Ladies, that is absolutely powerful because many of us talking about how to brand our business, how to put ourselves out there, how to do our messaging, how to do our mission and vision. And really it's in getting into, if you're a person of faith, get into that still quiet space and find out what God is the message that you called me to, to take to the world. What is my message through my business that you have called for me to take to the world? Because we are one person. We have gifts, talents, and abilities, but we have that call. So you're starting now your consulting business. So consulting starts. And do you know that was back in 1995 till today? So it's coming up on about 25, 26 years. Um, My business started and it continued to grow and it has grown into what it is today. And it's that way, not because of anything that I did, but because God invited me into the purpose of my life and I had to follow that path and take those steps. 
of faith. And I know there's a lot of pieces that are missing in timelines. That was a critical moment when you talk about ministry and business converging together. They actually intersected and crossed. And that's where I can honestly say I was doing vocational ministry as well as consulting. And at that time, the term bivocational wasn't as common as it is today, where you saw people merging and and doing ministry as well as being in the marketplace. And so I've always been that from the time I started full time in ministry. I've always had the ministry marketplace. But before I was on staff full time as a minister, I was doing marketplace ministry. I had Bible studies at the workplace. I, as a matter of fact, I started doing so many one-on-ones that I was like, it's too many of you all. Let's <laughs> the conference room because I, I, I ran out of days. You only have five days in the week to take people to lunch and read the Bible with them. So, you know, and so I felt like I was in the marketplace on assignment, being faithful. I did my job. I didn't do Bible studies off of my off of my employer time. I did it on my my time uh, for my lunch hours. I did it after work. I did it before work. And it was so many people that I was touching. We had to find spaces to get together to have our meetings together. You know, I, I think that's so important because um, I always talk to people, Tanya, about preparation. That's that's just huge with me. Sometimes we don't recognize those seasons where we think something's small, and sometimes we want to jump over the small to get to the big thing that we we have planned. But it really starts one person at a time, one company at a time, one client at a time. It really starts in that space because in that space is where you get to know yourself. What did you learn about yourself in those early years? I was always the youngest in what I was doing. And people would always say to me, you are just wise beyond your years. And so all the people that I was ministering to and talking to and working with were, were, I could be their kid. I could be their daughter. And what I learned about myself is that age had nothing to do with the wisdom of heaven. And that as you press into God, and if God has a mandate on your life, then that presence of God, that wisdom of God, or what God has for you to do comes up in everything you do. And people recognize that. And so then that way you can take your gifts, your talents, your ability, and you can serve humanity and excellence. So I didn't know or understand any of that stuff. I was just being me. I was just doing me and being me. I wasn't waking up saying I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I was just being me. And at the core of who I am, I'm a lover of Jesus. And I'm not just a lover of Jesus for myself. I want to be a blessing to other people. And that's always been one of my life mantras. I want to be a blessing to people. And so if you're hurting, if you need Christ, if you're in darkness, if you need to excel in business, I want to help you do that. And that's what I did. And I learned about myself uh, coming up through that is to just trust the journey, trust the process. Don't give things are difficult. And it sounds all nice and wonderful now, but it was some hard days. It was some misunderstandings. I'm an African-American woman. And at that time, I was in a company where I, it was only about five of us in the whole company. And so everybody was white. And here I was black. Here I was young. Uh, Here I was a Christian and I'm touching all of these people. So I'm having to break through my own inferiority complexes and and all of those types of things. And just saying that, you know, in Christ, the color didn't matter. It was the anointing is what people encountered. Did they encounter Christ? And they did. And as a result of that, they wanted more of Christ, not so much more of Tanya. They wanted more of Christ. And as, as a believer, if you're not getting people more hungry to want more of Christ, more of the Christ that they see in you, 
then maybe you're not doing your job so well. So it doesn't matter if you're in the marketplace or in full-time ministry, you need to always be on that pathway where you're leading people to a greater relationship and a greater understanding of their purpose that God has put them in the earth for. You know, I think that is so powerful because I tell people all the time that we really are fishers and we're fishers of men. No matter what we're doing, the business is the vehicle. I see my business as the vehicle, but I'm a fisher of men. And when you look at that, you can see how God, every sphere of influence, he's there. He's there in sports and entertainment, even though people may not see it. Okay. He is in every single place. He's in government. He's in the arts. He's in media. He's in business. He's in healthcare. He is in politics. He's every single place that there is. And so it's so important for us to ladies to lean in to what God truly has for us and to walk in that place. Now, Tanya, you do something called The Exchange, and it has just blessed my life. And I just want you to briefly tell the ladies, what is The Exchange? Okay, so Exchange is one, I call them life culminations or jewels or revelation that God gives you after you've done something for so long, he brings it all together. And Exchange is a place where you can do it with an individual, you can do it with a team, you can do it in an organization, but it's about creating an environment. It's creating an environment where people that are in that environment, in those conversations, in those think tank moments, can have a crossroad with each other. And it is something that happens at the place of the crossroad, where creativity, innovation, energy, synergy is emerged at everybody that's a part of that exchange, whether there's a one-on-one or an entire team, there's such life giving. In other words, I'm getting and you're getting, and it's called the exchange and something magical, something miraculous happens at that point of exchange because it unlocks, it's an environment, leadership environment. So it's an environment that unlocks people in a different way. And that way, is in, it's invaluable. If, when you experience exchange, it's invaluable. You get one idea, you get two ideas, you get three ideas, you get all these things that begin to just bubble up to the surface. And people are transformed in an, an environment where exchange is supported and, and cultivated. I'll tell you that experience this with Tanya. It was actually transformational, really transformational. Sometimes we think that it takes years to move from one place to the next. But I did learn that in this environment where exchanges, there's a crossroads and the exchanges, that it is such a powerful crossroad. It's such a powerful moment. It's such a powerful experience that when you said the ideas come, the creativity comes, there's something that's unlocked inside of you. I say it's unlocked, it's unleashed inside of you. And in that moment, you walk away with the ability or the idea to do things that you never perhaps even thought of. That, ladies, is why community and the environment of community is so important. It's so important to have community. You know, I'm more of an introverted type person, but I love people. But I, Tanya, I absolutely love people. But my, my moments of when I have this experience of an exchange is absolutely just phenomenal. So I keep bringing this before Tanya because I see exchange. I see exchange happening. And so ladies, you're going to see it happen soon on a larger scale. I want you to tell us on your journey, what has been the hardest things 
for you or your major sacrifices. And then your sacrifice may not have been hard. So I'm not going to put those in the same sentence. Let's say the things that have been the toughest. And then what were your major sacrifices? I think the things that were the most challenging was what you didn't know. What I ended up in was a was a business that didn't have a lot of information, right? So as a consultant doing leadership development training and all that, either you were part of a a consulting house and then farmed out out of that, but people who were doing it independently, you couldn't get a lot of information. You know, it was a it was a small niche at that time, and so people weren't willingly to share how they got their business and. How do you find other businesses? What should you do? You know, so a lot of the what I didn't know was difficult. And so it took me just praying, God, oh, God, you've got to be in the right space. Am I doing it right? Is it, Do I need to have another connection? Do I need to expand in a different way? So not having information and not having access to that, knowing how to find it was very challenging for me. But I often think when I go back now, God kept it away from me because it caused me not to depend on him for him to open the doors versus me go out and open the doors and create ways. But I do think there's a value add to having a love understanding that comes from someone who's more experienced or someone who has a greater expertise in an area where I didn't have access to that. And so that was difficult for me. That was very difficult early on. When you travel the world and you're gone, you sacrifice being at home. So I would say one of my biggest sacrifices was that, that I knew I was called to do these things. And so that meant that the amount of year times and days I was at home was not as much as it would be if that wasn't how I made my living. Um, in 2007, when the market hit, for example, uh, in Detroit, you know, when we had the big housing crisis and it, and it hit, believe it or not, my business went totally in the opposite direction. So Detroit went down, my business went up. And you talk about faith it was a, another one of those moments where God was saying, I'm going to show you that I am not limited to what's happening in the geographical region that you're in at this moment. So I'm like, God, everything in Detroit has just shut down. All right. So all the businesses, everything was shut down. People were cutting back and I get a call, a phone call. Hey, we got your name. Are you still doing X, Y, Z? I said, yeah, I'm still, still involved. They say, well, we we're doing a new program. You know, would you be willing to come in and, and certify for it and deliver some of this content for us? And I'm like, Sure. We hear you're good. We've got your reputation. I said, great. So in 2007, I started working in another state and I was flying back and home, back and forth. And God says, this is where you have to go. So in business, the harder thing is like, you got to make the pivot. You got to turn to where the path is leading you next. And so I went there and I was back and forth, back and forth every week. You know, the traditional flying out on Monday, coming back on Friday. But in Detroit, everything looked like a bomb had went off. One exodus after another, exodus after another, exodus. And God said, I'm taking you out of this so I can show you that the whole world isn't in a recession. Wow. And you know what? And it's it's so funny because God's not in a recession. No. <laughs> He's not. And so it is wonderful when you allow your faith to fuel everything in your life, including your business. Absolutely phenomenal. So tell us, you have a new show, relatively new show. Absolutely phenomenal. Tell us about your new show and how we can see the show and about the content of your show. I call it my new baby. And my new baby is about three months old now. And the new name of my baby is Life on Purpose. And Life on Purpose is really about helping people, everyday people, believers, find out that God has a purpose for you. 
And if you live your life on purpose in his purpose, then you can experience transformational living. You can experience living that makes an impact in any area that you have any influence. So whether that's home, whether that's business, whether that's church, whether that's your community, you need to understand that God created you, gifted you, made you who you are, put you in the house that you live in. I'm talking about this exterior house for a particular purpose. And the biggest challenge in life is to not succumb to trying to do your gig or your purpose, but finding out his purpose, because with his purpose is provision, is grace, is God gets the glory out of it. The world is changed and people are impacted in a positive way. So we're on now every week on Wednesdays, findingyourfocus.tv, which is an amazing internet Christian 24 hour, seven day a week television station under Bishop Andrew Merritt out of Detroit, who is my bishop, who is our bishop. And he has this innovative. And so you need to grab a hold of it. You can watch it there or you can catch it on my Facebook page. But we've been doing that. And so I'm excited about it. So we've got 52 weeks to talk to people about how to live their life on purpose. And we're using biblical principles. has been transformed by biblical principles. And I don't mind telling people that inside of these 66 books outlined in the word of God is the roadmap to life and success. And if you apply them, they will transform everything that you touch. Absolutely. And you can continue to enjoy building, enjoy building your business, enjoy building your career, enjoy building your ministry, enjoy building your life. I think when the enjoyment leaves it, a lot of times it's because we've taken on a role that we were never meant to take on in terms of direction and trying to figure it out and trying to figure it out. So ladies, I know it's time for you to refresh your tea. We're going to come back and then we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to get those final points from Tanya Roberson on what you want to look for or what you need to do in order to continue to build your business. Let's take notes, ladies. Let me take you back to a statement that I made earlier. I told you how my consulting started. My consulting started because I chose the way of God for my life at that time. And then God gave me a consulting business. I think as a, because you were obedient, I'm going to give you this. God told me it was Matthew 6, And it says to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And what I want to tell you, you got to have your priorities right. You must keep God first. Never let your business, never let your pursuits, never let your vision supersede your relationship with God and what God is asking of you. So I would say to you, and what has been my success is that if I would have reversed that order in any way, if I would have put pursuing business or even pursuing ministry more than pursuing God, I think I would not be as successful as I was able to be and that the business would not have grown. Another thing I want to tell you, trust yourself. Don't be afraid to connect to the place of inner peace inside of you. And when you don't have that inner peace, thinking about something, you want to move into something, but you don't have peace about it, you need to pause and ask the Holy Spirit, talk to him and say, hey, is this something I really need to do? And don't go beyond your your place of peace. Trust yourself. Trust that you got wisdom. Trust that you have knowledge. Trust that, that unction that's on the inside of you. The other thing, administration is golden. (laughs) 
All right, get you somebody that know what they're doing. You know, make sure you have a good accountant. Make sure you have a good lawyer. Make sure you have access to people who are who know how to do administration and put things into place. Because as your business grows, you don't have the energy for it. You don't have the mind for it. You don't want to do it. So make sure you have those helps around. Be focused. Be focused. Be focused. The word no is your friend. The word no is your friend. Yes, you cannot say yes to everything. So you have to practice no. And you have to know when it's beyond your capacity, beyond your ability, beyond the timing. You can't overextend yourself because you run the risk of not being excellent in what you do. And if you stop becoming excellent in what you do, then your name is going to be impacted. And when you're in business, your name is all you have. That's your reputation. So you want to make sure you do that. You need to you need to be true to your values. I talked about that earlier, knowing yourself. So be true to your values. Who are you? Because your values dictate your behavior. They're a reflection of your behavior. When we see what you do, we know what you value. And that's a, that's a difference. And then the last thing I want to say to you is the things that you don't know can harm you. Ooh. So there are things that you don't know. So therefore, don't be afraid. Reach out to people who do know and find the mentors. Talk to the people that's done the route. I didn't have a lot of people, but when I would get a nugget here or there, I kept building on it. Well, there's all kinds of mentors out here now. So there you're without excuse. We're in a different time period. Look at Dr. Barbara Little. She's huh. the or mentors. You know, part of that is because I grew up in the time when, when you were. I'm a little, little, little older than you. Just a little bit. Okay. We grew up when there's not necessarily were mentors there. And particularly women mentors that just were not there. So there's plenty now. The idea is to distinguish where you're supposed to be. These are great, great points, Tanya. I love the keep your priorities straight when you get your priorities out of whack. I tell people we're not going to get more than 168 hours in a week. That's what everybody gets. And so it's about your priorities and knowing your priorities and keeping those priorities straight because you're always going to have something that at some point comes to challenge your priorities. While you're building your business, you might have to work. Don't drink the Kool-Aid that you don't need to work while you build your business. You know, sometimes you have to work while you're building the business. And then one day the business, you don't have to work because the business can sustain you. Don't mix that up. Don't mix that up. Leverage your opportunity. Absolutely. And high capacity women, that is absolutely so true. Tanya, I'm so glad you added that because sometimes people jump off the ledge and we get so excited about our businesses. We say, okay, I'm going to leave this job and I'm going to go build this business. But really there should be like with anything else, a transition by which you've already mapped it out and by which you know. Now we know that God's going to order your footsteps, but you need to plan your way. So you need to make a plan in terms of how you're going to replace the income that you need to replace before you take the leap into the business. So sit down, think about it, plan, and then pray about it as you take it to the Lord and see when the timing is right, because timing is everything. So Tanya, thank you for that. Don't drink the Kool-Aid that's out there that says, oh, no, if you really believed in your business, you just jump, quit your job and, and, and go do business. Absolutely not. Now tell us about this, because you said this in this piece, leverage what you have now. How do you leverage what you have now, Tanya, for your next? You cannot despise small beginnings and you have to take whatever you have now. What's in your hand now? You know, this is why you need a mentor, honestly. This is why you need somebody to say, okay, take what you have and be as successful as you can today. Don't lose sight of the fact that the future is coming. 
So you got to be in today and you have to be in the future at the same time. So you want to leverage the things that you have. If, if you're working, for example, full time and you have a new idea that you want to implement, commit to the weekends for that or commit so many of your hours at the end of the day or maybe some of your lunch hours to working on it to see there's something you got to know about entrepreneurship that I feel. One, you got to see if it's going to work. If it's not yielding you any fruit, you might want to you might want to pause on that. You might have a really good idea. This sounds real good on paper and you are a good sales pitch, but you don't see no results that let you know that's the way to go. You're not getting anything out of it. I ended up in leadership as a focal point because everything, everything I touch was connected to leadership training and development and team building. And it worked. There wasn't a class that I didn't have that I didn't get the same message over and over again. This is great. Never experienced this again. Well, eventually, if you hear that, that lets you know that there's something going on that is bringing about a result that other people can benefit from. So, ladies, you cannot forego validating your business in the marketplace. You know, I have this great idea. Let me validate in the marketplace. Let me see if there's a market for it. We get paid to solve problems. Even if the problem is that I'm hungry right now, okay, if you got the restaurant and then, then you, you may be the solution to my issue or my problem, but we have to make sure that we don't get so emotionally tied to things that may not be the business or whatever it is we're called to be in, or we may need to do it in a different way. We can't get so tied to it that we don't see the other opportunities. It may be your ability to do the same business, but in a different way. So yeah. don't get tied to that. You know, sometimes the businesses that you do is not designed to replace your income. Maybe you have a gift and a talent to do one thing and that brings all your income in, but you have this desire and passion to do something else. And we call it tent making. Paul was a tent maker, so he didn't have to charge people for when he came to preach the gospel because that was his calling and his mandate, but he was willing to work to make sure he didn't make merchandise of God's people. So don't, you know, and then some people are get it. They get that one idea and they turn that business around and, and hey, it's pulling in revenue. Their margins are high. They're turning over the revenue and it's great. So if your business doesn't grow to that magnitude, it doesn't mean that you're still not an entrepreneur or a business owner. And believe in yourself. Believe in yourself. Uh, until, you know, really the truth of the matter is, it's hard to get other people to believe in, your, in you if you don't believe in yourself, because that the whole energy, the discernment that you don't believe in yourself does come across. And sometimes you have to have other people around you and borrow their faith and their belief in you until you catch your own belief in yourself as you go out into the marketplace. Apostle Tanya Robeson, thank you for being with us on High Capacity Woman today. You have been such a blessing to these ladies, to the body of Christ, and even those of you who may not know the Lord. And so I just want to say thank you so much. You are ending our season for High Capacity Woman uh, this time. And I wanted to end with you because I knew that you would leave us with some nuggets to not only think about, but to execute on. Thank you, High Capacity Woman. Now tell us, Again, how we can get in touch with you. You can visit me on my website, my ministry website, which is TanyaRobersonMinistries.com. You can follow me on Facebook. Same thing, Tanya Roberson Ministries on Facebook. I'm working on the other uh, platforms, but for my business, you can reach out T. Roberson at ExchangeLLC.org. So I hope to, you know, hopefully if this has inspired you in any way, I'd love to hear from you. And we will have all of her information, ladies, in the show notes of how you can get in touch with her. I want her to give that information to you today, but it will be in the show notes below. So no fear, 
You will not miss out on anything. Thank you, High Capacity Woman, Apostle Tanya Robeson. And thank you, ladies, for tuning in today. We love you. She leads, she's powerful. She's strong, unforgettable. She knows what she's about and she's building from the inside.